Pittsburgh Steelers offense is a serious problem. But are there solutions? I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. Welcome to the cutting room floor. It's pretty obvious that the Pittsburgh Steelers offense is a problem. They've scored two touchdowns in two games. They punt all the time. It's pathetic. The Steelers' defense had a much less good game than they had in Week 1 when they absolutely dominated the Cincinnati Bengals to set the team up for a win, cover for the offense, failing to provide that, failing to come through on their part, and basically dragged the Steelers to a victory over the Bengals. In Week 2, with T.J. Watt out, Even with a Minka Fitzpatrick interception, there wasn't enough they could do to cover for how bad the Steelers' offense is. Let's let's start with the Steelers' scoring. Steelers are 29th in red zone appearances per drive through two games. That means you just take the number of drives they have and the number of red zone appearances they have, they're 29th. Only three teams are worse than them. They're tied for first in the NFL for 50-plus yard kick attempts. They're tied for first in the NFL with 12 punts. On 15 of the Steelers' 30 offensive possessions, they could not get set up the team for a field goal kick that was less than 50 yards. 50% of the time, and they've had some good field position that they've squandered. They had a short field again this last game, just punted on it. It's absolutely atrocious how bad this offense is at doing its job, which is putting points on the board. But we want to look past that. If we look at the run game, right, the offensive line is doing better. They really have. They've improved every week. Uh, This line, for most of the game, they were decent. To to even at times looking like an average or even maybe, maybe above average at times. This offensive line is starting to come together. Now, the Patriots have a pretty good defensive line, too. They're They're not super weak there. They're not like one of the great lines. But they're pretty good. And there were opportunities. There were plenty of times where Trubisky had more than enough time to get a throw off. There were, it's, it's going around Twitter. You can, if you're on Twitter, you can check out clips. They've got Najee Harris missing some, what looks like missing some run lanes. Uh, Jalen Warren doing well. They, they got over four yards per carry in the run game this time. And the running backs were actually gaining yards. Beng- against the Bengals, they were struggling. But even with the Steelers' run game doing better, they didn't run much. Steelers are currently 21st in rush attempts, 26th in yards per game. Najee Harris looks rusty. He he had more runs this time where he looked like himself in physical shape, where he was breaking tackles, where he was spinning off people. Not, Not like he was last year, but looking more like himself. Jalen Warren looks good. 
looks good out there for a backup. The Steelers actually have a backup you you are okay getting the ball to. But the Steelers' run game wasn't very good. With that, I, I want to go into one of the more confounding things. If you uh, read my Snap Counts article uh, about the game, I went off on this. The Steelers used three wide receiver sets a ton in week two. For three-fourths of the game, the Steelers were in a three-wide receiver set. One tight end, one running back, three wide receivers. The run game is doing better, right? And one of the strengths of Matt Canada's offense is playing off a running game, play action, RPOs, things like that, little tricky screen passes and stuff to players like a Zach Gentry. Right, not even just Pat Fryermuth that make a guy like Zach Gentry a more valuable receiver than he should be simply playing off the run game. And even as the run game was being more successful, the Steelers weren't playing their tight ends. Just weren't playing two tight ends. And and here's the deal. Obviously, if you're going with George Pickens over Zach Gentry, you're sacrificing blocking. You're you're telling the defense to put out more defensive backs uh, and fewer you know linebackers, and you're expecting gains in the passing department. Well, let's look at how that's worked out so far through two games. George Pickens has one catch in each game, six total targets. If you look at his targets per snap. He has six targets in 95 snaps. That's a target roughly every six every 16 snaps, or on 6.3% of snaps, George Pickens gets targeted. He has an average of 4.3 yards per target. Six targets, two catches, 26 yards. 4.3 yards per target. If you look at Zach Gentry this season, he has far fewer snaps and only six fewer yards, but that's mostly off one play. If we go back to last season, Zach Gentry had 25 targets in 473 snaps. That's a target on 5.3% of snaps. Compare that to Pickens, who 6.3%, right? So a 1% difference in how often they were targeted. And by the way, Zach Gentry was used as a pass blocker and primarily also a run blocker last season. And he's a dang good pass blocker and run blocker. You can put him on defensive linemen. He's going to win more than he loses against even defensive tackles sometimes. Zach Gentry is a good blocker. And yet he saw targets on 5.3% of his his snaps for 6.7 yards per target which as a kind of novel target, low end, you know, he's low on the priority list. That's not bad. That's not bad. And it ends up with him having 3.5 point, I'm sorry, 0.353 yards per snap. All right. It's a weird number. How many snaps you got, how many yards you got, right? It's, it's, it's the only reason I'm comparing this is because I want you to understand Zach Gentry is not a receiver. He is a primarily a blocker. And yet, in 2021, he averaged po- three point. <laughs> sorry, 0.353 yards per snap. George Pickens this year is at 0.274 yards per snap. George Pickens 
is primarily a receiver. And right now, he is less efficiently being used by this offense than Zach Gentry was last season. And Zach Gentry is, in a very small sample size, doing even more this season. He's more efficient. He has... uh, Pickens has played 2.4 times as many snaps as Zach Gentry. And he has six more yards. Zach Gentry has been targeted twice. He's caught both of them 20 yards. So at this moment, Zach Gentry is a more efficient receiver in this offense, in the Steelers' offense, than George Pickens. And I want to get into why. This is this is the whole first half of this thing is going to be about this, basically. We're going to talk about this. I want to say why George Pickens isn't getting used well. We're hearing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing things on Twitter. I'm hearing people say things about the Steelers still aren't throwing downfield. But the Steelers have been. In two games, Mitchell Trubisky has thrown 15 passes that are in the air longer than 15 yards downfield, right? 15 or more yards downfield is the is where he's throwing it to. 15 times. 7.5 per game. In 2021, only one NFL team averaged more than 7.5 deep passes in a game. I'm going by ESPN and PFR. They both uh, do 15 yards down the field, and so it's easier to get the stats for this. And so that's what I go by. I'm using that as the metric. Passes that are intended to be caught 15 or more yards downfield. Only one team averaged more than the Steelers have in their first two games. Even in the second game, the second game there were far fewer. First game there were nine, second game there were six. That's average. If they keep that up, that's NFL average for deep pass attempts. Now, the numbers for these are not good. Not good. In week two, two catches for 40 yards and an interception on six attempts. In week one, he threw nine deep passes. Three of them were completed for a total of 82 yards. When you look at the deep middle, he's one for three for 26 yards and an interception. That's something like a 13 passer rating. It's abominable. Now, the defenses have been playing cover one. And in cover one, with the the safeties you've been seeing, Jesse Bates in the first week, uh, in New England, they were facing Devin McCourty. So they were facing two good free safeties in a lot and facing a lot of single high safety. So you're not going to have a lot of success over the middle against that. That makes sense. When the opponent is playing a lot of single high, you have to throw outside. You have to attack downfield. When the Steelers throw outside and downfield this year so far, Mitchell Trubisky is 4 for 12 for 96 yards. That's still not good. 8.13 yards per attempt, per deep attempt, and that's just on the outside, that's not the middle ones, is worse than all but one team last season. Worse than the 2021 Steelers at throwing outside and downfield. Think about that. This Mitchell Trubisky 
throwing outside and downfield, where teams are giving him a lot of one-on-one matchups, is worse than the 2021 Steelers at throwing deep. His 35.97 passer rating on deep passes, when you look at 2021, that's Taysom Hill and Mike Glennon territory. Anyone, anyone want those guys for your starting quarterbacks? If I was a defense defending the Steelers, I would do exactly what defenses have done the last couple of years and are doing this year. Run a lot of single high, load the box, and make him throw outside. If you're facing a lot of defenders in the middle and a, a decent amount of one-on-one coverage on the outside, there's ways to attack that. There's ways to attack that. You throw downfield outside. All right? We already figured out that that's not that hasn't been working. You can you can think of the throws, you can go back and rewatch those games. They're not connecting on those. They're not they're just not good at them. Other things you can do, quick screen passes, quick passes to the flats, quick outs. I think you if you think back to the last few games, those haven't been working either. And part of the problem there is Mitchell Trubisky. Some of Mitchell Trubisky's weaknesses, his, in fact, his big weakness, in my opinion, of his game in the modern NFL, is he's not accurate and in rhythm when he throws outside and short. He's just not very good at it. On screen passes, on short passes, if you think back to, uh, to Deontay Johnson catching passes and moving backwards when he catches them, those passes being a little late, that, that's part of the problem. He leads his receivers away from where they need to be. Often on screen passes, the ball either gets there late or it's a little off target. And the receiver, and when you when you buy the defense half a second for the receiver to take an extra step, secure the ball, and then turn, you know, when they're not, when they have to stop their momentum and restart or stop and turn and then change direction after the catch. That gives the defense a lot of opportunity to make a play, to get in there and defend it well. That's what you get with Mitchell Trubisky. That's what you get. And that's really taking away the Steelers' options to attack defenses that just jam the middle. They're currently also not running outside well either. They're getting pet when they try to run outside, teams are getting penetration and, and wrecking plays. So Steelers have become a team that cannot attack the outside, and defenders just line the middle and say, We're taking the middle of the field away. And the Steelers don't have success going outside. If you watch the first two seat games, the strength of Mitchell Trubisky's game right now has been on what I'll call spot routes. It's a route where at some point the receiver just stops, turns, and faces the quarterback to make a catch. Hooks. Uh, stop, straight up stop routes. Even even ins or outs where they just, they're designed to go find a, a soft spot in zone and just stop and catch the ball. Those have been his best throws, and they've also been by far the throws he takes the most. If he has an option for a post route or a go route or a slant or 
And then there's a there's a just a, a route where the receiver is going to stop and wait for the ball, and he can throw specifically to a spot. He's going to throw that spot. He's going to take that route. Most of the time, a lot of times when you see, you'll hear people say there are routes, there are options downfield, there are people getting open. He's throwing a spot route instead. That's what he's going to. To me. That might be a problem with Trubisky, but that also is a problem you get when players just don't know their teammates well enough yet. That could be it. I don't know. It's, it's The more we go, the longer we go, and we don't see that chemistry, we don't see that development where he is throwing on time two receivers on different routes and he's throwing these spots routes, the more it seems like a Mitchell Trubisky problem and less a they just haven't had enough time together problem. In fact, the only receiver I've seen him throw in rhythm to is Deontay Johnson. That's it. There's a lot of just so many questions here. But what I wanted to cover first is I want to really hammer that. That the problems with the Steelers offense is... They're not having success to pull people out of jamming the middle of the field. And I really have to question why you don't put Zach Gentry in. Why don't you go more with the run game? Put more bodies. Make them go heavier and then try and see if maybe you can get something going outside when there's more linebackers and linemen, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what the solutions are here. There's a lot of problems. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of solutions. One of the options the Steelers have that works is to change your quarterbacks. I've heard people say we should fire Matt Canada. I don't know who would take over the offense then. Like you've spent a whole time, a lot of time working on this offense to give up on it after week two. What are you doing the rest of the season? You're going away from what you worked on in the preseason and in, you know, the entire training camp. You're just promoting Mike Sullivan because he was a terrible offensive coordinator. His record is absolutely atrocious as an offensive coordinator. Who are you bringing up? You're going to hire someone from outside off the street? Someone who doesn't have an NFL job right now to be your offensive coordinator starting week three? Come in, by the way, you don't know any of the stuff we've been doing. Come in and try and learn the language. You have three days. <laughs> to You have three days to learn the offense that these guys know and to start calling it. You can't do that. So I understand the push to get Kenny Pickett on the field to swap out Mitchell Trubisky for Kenny Pickett. Some of the stuff I've talked to you about probably has a lot of you supporting that. So we're going to take a break. And when I come back, we're going to talk about what it would involve to swap out Mitchell Trubisky and start Kenny Pickett. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. The Cutting Room Floor is brought to you, as always, by the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts and BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. 
Make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts on our family of podcasts from our evening YouTube shows that come out on podcast platforms the next day. And of course, all of our audio only podcasts that come out every day. This is a short week. The schedule is going to be a little more cramped, a little more, a little different. Uh, So make sure you're checking it out before the Browns game on Thursday. Getting all your stuff, all your information you can. And make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We're trying to get all of our articles done quickly to get them out on time for a short week. And then next week, I'm looking forward to, after Thursday, really digging into some of the meat uh, that we have here. Some of the real problems with this offense, doing a little deeper dives uh, than I can right now when I when I have like a game coming up. Like The Steelers play again in, in a couple of days here. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to really dive into this film and still get it out before the Browns game is played. So after the Browns game this Thursday, I will be digging into a lot more stuff because on Friday of the whole weekend, it'll be it should be good. I'm hoping to have some good articles come out of that. So make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts and of course clicking over to behindthesteelcurtain.com. Uh, if you like this show, understand the entire idea of the cutting room floor is that I'm talking about the stuff I see when I'm looking at film, when I'm watching it, when I'm trying to do my film rooms that doesn't quite fit a film room, right? That's the whole idea of this floor. That's why it's called the cutting room floor. These are the, the thoughts I have uh, that don't really go into the film rooms. In the first half of our show, we talked about the offense overall and some of the problems with it. Before we get into Kenny Kip Pickett, I know I teased that. I'm not, I'm not clickbaiting you. We are going to really hit that. But I want to get into why I think Mitchell Trubisky is having such a hard time here. And he fits. He is more of a, a part of a symptom of a problem. He is one symptom of a problem. And to, and to give you this problem, I want to I want to go through this. I want to approach it like like how I'm going to approach it here. Najee Harris, you'll see stuff where he's not following holes and everything exactly. Najee Harris was drafted, and in my opinion, his best attributes was outside zone runs, where he did a great job of moving with the line, finding the gap, and cutting vertical. And when he cut vertical on those outside zone runs, he cut hard, and he ran fast and hard, accelerated into the hole, and boom. That's hard to deal with. That's a very good outside zone runner. The Steelers. Offensive coordinator is Matt Canada. Matt Canada in college ran tons of outside zone. A lot of his stuff is outside zone. The Steelers this year, after last year they struggled to run outside zone, brought in Pat Meyer, an offensive line coach who everywhere he coached, they ran heavy outside zone offenses. They bring in an offensive you know, line coach that coaches this. They bring in James Daniel and Mason Cole, two offensive linemen from outside zone heavy schemes. All right? Matt Canada, outside zone. Pat Meyer, outside zone. James Daniel, Mason Cole, outside zone. Najee Harris, outside zone. They put all of these guys together, and the Steelers are absolutely horrible at running outside zone. The tra- It's trash. When the Steelers run outside zone, it's absolutely trash. They can't do it. That matters because so many of Matt Canada's stuff that he does really good 
plays off of outside zone runs. If you see the little plays where they have like a, there's a shovel pass option and a quarterback option where you have like a tight end and Mitchell Trubisky running outside as like an option play and they have the shovel pass underneath, right? He keeps going to the shovel pass on those, but that's run like an outside zone play, just using the quarterback with three layers of attack laterally. There's the shovel pass, which is behind the quarterback. There's the quarterback option. And then there's a wider option for the quarterback to go to. It's very much outside zone. The plays where he's running to a side and attacking one half of the field on a passing concept, those play off of outside zone. So much stuff Matt Canada does is based around being able to run outside zone effectively. The Steelers have brought in players to run outside zone effectively, coaches that are good at it other places, and they put it all together and the Steelers suck at it. With that failing, right, the Steelers have an image in their head of the offense they want to be. And they're failing at being that offense. And when that fails, they end up going away from it into what ends up a really super vanilla offense. We've got some people who coach football working for Behind the Steel Curtain. One of them uh, specifically compared Matt Canada's passing scheme to high school and says that in their high school offense... They run a more complicated passing scheme than what he's seen from the Steelers right now. That could be hyperbole, but uh, this this is a person I trust. And it looks it on film. There's quotes floating around this week where receivers and the quarterbacks seem to be pointing to the scheme as a major problem in this passing offense. Ben Roethlisberger did the same in 2021. The Steelers are not able to run the offense Matt Canada wants to run. They aren't executing it. I don't know where to place the blame because so many people involved in this have done it successfully other places. They've come together here and it's awful. I don't know where to place the blame, but I do know that that is a major factor. And I want you to understand that because Mitch Trubisky fits the offense the Steelers want to run and are not being able to run. Mitch Trubisky does not fit this super vanilla offense that they end up running because they keep failing to run the offense they want to be. One of the questions, I I posted this on Twitter, one of my questions is, Mitch Trubisky fits the offense the Steelers want to be, but can't, are failing at being. The offense they end up running would fit Kenny Pickett better. And there's the problem. Pat Meyer is new here. James Daniels is new here. Mason Cole is new here. They're trying to become a team that is a good outside zone running team. How quickly do you give up on that, knowing that right now it is not working? Do you just give up? And say, let's be the best vanilla crap offense we can be. Because if you make that decision to say, hey, we need to make the best of this bad situation. So maybe we can win some games uh, that the defense is like putting in our lap and we're unable to finish. 
then you want Kenny Pickett. Because if we go back to the first half of this podcast, a lot of the problems with them being able to get the defense from just jamming the middle of the field is Mitchell Trubisky is not great throwing those little out routes, those little flat routes. He's not accurate. He's not leading the receiver. And I mean, at this point, those those types of plays, you need to nail the pass. Not within, you know, 16 to 18 inches of a location, but within, you know, three or four inches. And Trubisky is more like, give him, you know, a foot and a half. <laughs> give him two feet of, of radius. He'll get it somewhere in there, right? That's not good enough. On little plays like that, you've got to nail the spot. And Kenny Pickett nails them. That's what he does. Accuracy on those short little routes. Uh, screen passes and little flat passes that set the, the, the person receiving the ball up to gain yards. Kenny Pickett makes the most out of those passes. Similar to, again, I'll do this comparison, but similar again to like if you do really early career Tom Brady or or Joe Montana, right? Or if you if you want to go to like Chad Pennington when he was good, right? And he still couldn't throw downfield. He worked because he nailed those short passes to let his receivers gain yards after the catch. Kenny Pickett gives you that. Whether he can become a guy that throws downfield better, I don't know. In the preseason, he wasn't that guy. But the strengths he brings right now, as a rookie, fit the Steelers' offense that we're seeing better than Mitch Trubisky. But if you're the Steelers, do you give up on being a better offense overall to be the best offense you can right now? That's the question. And how soon do you give up on the better team that you're trying to be to just be better right now. I will say Kenny Pickett is not going to start in Cleveland. And the turnover from a Sunday to a Thursday game, you don't have enough time to install a opponent-specific offense. You don't have time to adjust your game plan for the defense you're going to be facing, let alone bring in a new quarterback. The Steelers will not be starting Kenny Pickett this Thursday. After that, there is a 10-day gap before the Jets. That sounds like a great time for Kenny Pickett to make his first start, and there will be a lot of people calling for that. But the next two games are the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now have like the best defense in the NFL. And the Buffalo Bills could be a shootout. Do you want those to be two of Kenny Pickett's first three games? And you may be okay with that. But the Pittsburgh Steelers looking at that, they are clearly treating Kenny Pickett with kid gloves. They don't believe he is the quarterback who's ready to come in and start right away. They didn't draft him to be that guy. No matter what 
people say, oh, he was the first quarterback taken. Oh, he's so and so many years old. Oh, he's he had one more year of college. You've if you're drafting that guy, you've got to play him year one. No, you don't. Quarterbacks play till they're 40. You know, if, if he plays 15 years instead of 16, is he a failure? If he plays 10 years instead of 11, is that a bad pick? No. It's not. You don't rush this. Not with a new quarterback. Not with a quarterback you think could be special. You don't rush it. If he's just a bridge player, then throw him in there. Throw him in there and see what you got. I'm not saying the Steelers shouldn't start him. I think at this point, the Steelers almost need to against the Jets. If we don't see something better against Cleveland this Thursday, if we don't see some signs of life in this offense, I think you almost have to start Kenny. If you're at one and two with the with the job the defense did for those first two games, come on. If you can't do more than one touchdown, and, and I, I think it's two, the Steelers have like, I think the Steelers have 24. No, they have 30. They have 30 drives so far. Steelers have 30 drives. And you have two that have gone 50 yards. But with that, there's a price to pay. If you're putting in Kenny Pickett to get better results right now. And I'm going to tell you, with the offense we've seen, with what we've seen the Steelers doing in these games, Kenny Pickett would be better than Mitchell Trubisky. You're throwing him into some nasty games really early in his career. He's a big guy. Maybe he survives it, you know? After after week six, after the Buccaneers, the schedule gets a lot more forgivable. That's why I've said I think week seven is your the one that makes the most sense to me to bring in Kenny Pickett. But how bad can you let this get if they lose to the Browns? And the Jets don't look bad. The Browns is a road Thursday night game. That's not a game you win very often. If you go to the Jets and you win it, you're 2-2. Two and two. If you go to the Jets and you lose, you're 1-3. And, and the Jets, Jets aren't a bad team. The Jets aren't that bad this year. Right now, they're playing some pretty good football, and right now, the Steelers are not. If that continues against the Browns, you got 10 days to get this ship straight, or you could be 1-3 losing to the Jets, looking at the Bills and Buccaneers. You start 1-5, season's done. If the Steelers lose against the Browns, I, I think you have to risk it. You have to put... Kenny Pickett in there against the Jets. You got 10 days. Get it worked out. You can't fix the scheme. The only way the scheme is going to be fixed this season is if this offensive line comes together and they start being able to do some of the outside zone stuff. They start being able to do more run game and have success. That's that's the only thing that's saving the scheme this season. If Matt Canada really is the problem, that's a that's a that's now a 2023 problem. That's not a 2022 problem. Because we don't have we don't have time to fix it now. All right, that's that's my thoughts on it. I 
I don't know where this season's going to go. I, I I normally am a person who says, hey, give these guys time, let them build together, let them get their chemistry down, let it get going. I've always thought that when I coach teams. You know, you start rough, but you you end strong. This, however, is bad enough that you, you've got to start putting Band-Aids on this thing. You can't just wait for it to get, you know, to be the offense you want it to be. If it's still not working after week three, I think you've got to make a change. And really the only change you can make at this point is Kenny Pickett. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Love being able to do this with you every week. As always, have a great week and let's go Steelers. Steelers.